Thank you for joining us for the PebCAC Podcast, a weekly information security show featuring some all-around good people. It is week 28 of 2021, and we are observing America's Independence Day here in the U.S. I'm Chris Louie, and with me I have Brian Deach. What's up everyone? Happy 4th of July. It's a balmy 110 degrees here in, in, in Arizona. What can I tell you? I'm freezing. Glenn is unavailable this week due to some family circumstances, and we are all keeping the Medina family in our thoughts and prayers. In for Glenn this week is Chris Huber. Chris, why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, everybody. I'm Chris. Um, I've been working with these guys here going on almost four years now. Um, I love it over here at Zscaler. Um, And when I'm not uh, selling cloud security or working, I'm usually either in my uh, woodworking shop or actually on the ballroom dance floor. Um, Believe it or not, my wife and I actually take some ballroom dancing lessons. So uh, maybe I'll sprinkle in a little Fred Astaire here for you. What a dynamic, man. Like I am am so basic compared to you, right? (laughs) I get up from work and I go sit on the couch and go stare at the TV. (laughs) So I'll tell you what my secret is. My secret is not having kids. Ah, all right. I do have some of those. (laughs) That'll do it. (laughs) combined we have decades of information security experience and are here not just to educate but to entertain we've got four awesome stories for you this week so sit back relax and enjoy the show since our last podcast aired we lost a true technology pioneer i'm sure all of our listeners have heard by now that john mcafee of mcafee antivirus fame was found dead in his cell in spain just after it was announced that he'd be extradited to the U.S. on tax charges. I would consider John McAfee a king of controversy in our time, and his Twitter was just absolutely hilarious. He will be missed. My favorite John McAfee story was when he satirically created an instructional video called How to Uninstall McAfee Antivirus, which is 100% not safe for work nor kid-friendly, so use caution when looking that one up. What's your guys' favorite PG-rated John McAfee story? So I, I really didn't. I don't actually have any stories about him that are PG-related. Uh, not because uh, I couldn't find any. I just I don't really know a whole lot about him. But what I do know, I you know I definitely liked. Like on one hand, right, he was like t- a technologist, and I just love that about him. But on the other hand, he was like that 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 kid at the high school party that was like walk, walking around huffing paint, right? Like he's like a true <laughs> wild card type of cowboy out there but uh you know whatever you know it is what it is he, he will be missed um i i definitely may have used his products at one point in time you know i just i just remember first hearing about all of the shenanigans he was involved in uh let's say the things leading up to that cell in spain i i couldn't believe it i i really thought um, the person that told me um, was totally pulling my leg. I had no idea that 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 he was that colorful when I had first heard. What What did he do, Chris? Give me drop one that just kind of blew your mind. Well, there's the the whole uh, tax evasion thing, but um, I, um, murder kind of um, you know tops the chart. I think. Yeah. All <laughs> yeah. Right, all right. He was suspected of his of uh, murdering. <laughs> suspected. His... That's right. That's right. His neighbor in Belize, and I, didn't he run after that? Like he never got his day in court; he just ran. He fled the country. Uh, it's hard to keep up. H- have you guys ever been to Belize? No, I haven't. I haven't, but I I've heard it's beautiful as long as you don't live next to John McAfee. <laughs> well, it's kind of crazy. We went there once, and uh, you know, like, and we went there like on a cruise ship. So when you get there, it's just like beautiful. Like you're just like, oh my god, like this is 
uh, God was like showing off when he created this place, right? And so we decided to take a uh, tour of like the Aztec ruins, but it was like a three hour bus ride, like from port all the way out there. And I am not kidding you when I say like 400 yards in, it went from like beautiful to like, like extreme poverty, but like, not like it was like bad poverty, but it was just like, hey, look, they're putting in a new road right here. And they just have wheelbarrows and pickaxes, right? Like there was no like mm. heavy machinery or anything like that. But just like culturally, just like such great people, right? Like we go and buy like the the high school. And to go to high school there, you actually have to pay for it. And then keep in mind, like it's 100 degrees and like 99% humidity. And the boys have like, you know, button down shirts. Stuff comes all the way down to their uh, to the wrist and then long pants on. The girls are in like in long dresses as well, and they're just sitting outside with a little bit of shade, getting their learn on. Like it was this, it was it was just incredible. And then as you start to go throughout the country, you just like you see like a piece of land, and it's just got like some cement, and that's it. And then a couple other houses down, it's got some walls but no roof. And then eventually these things just kind of evolve over time. And uh, trying to figure out what's going on, I'm like, hey, like, why, why is there so much undeveloped stuff? They're like, well, number one, you have to be like, I think it was like the mid '60s before you can even own a piece of land. And then once you own the land, guess what? That is it. You just own it, then you die, and then you you will this to your to your uh, your children, and then they work their entire life to be able to put down the foundation, and then they're out of the game, and then that gets willed onto the next people that just uh, you know the, the children, right, or the grandchildren in this case, they can put, start to put up walls and stuff. The entire thing is just wild to see, but they're such humble people. Anyways, long story short, we got to see the Aztec rooms. It was freaking amazing. Coming back, uh, we stop and we went to like a little part of the town to, uh, to get some food. And like everything there is sourced in country, right? You don't a, 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 a um, like a bowl of Cheerios would be like you know fifteen bucks. Like they just, it's not affordable to do it. So instead, you eat everything that's locally sourced. And it had to have been like the best food I've ever eaten. And it was like chicken and rice and some some fruits and <laughs> veggies. That was it. But it was so delicious. But anyways, uh, if we have if we happen to have any listeners out in Belize, like like shout out. I love your I love your guys' country and everyone there. Super, uh, just nice and humble people. I and I enjoyed our time there for sure. My wife and I had a really similar experience in Jamaica, actually. You know, the the whole story you talked about with the school children, we noted exactly the same thing. You know, just children in, in, you know, almost formal attire, right, running around playing soccer underneath a shade canopy, getting their learn on, too. It just, it, it really is amazing to to see how happy people can be. Exactly. Meanwhile, right, I have to, like, force my kids almost at gunpoint to go to school, right? Like, <laughs> they have no idea how good they have it. Very true. All right, on to our first topic. Windows 11 is out. It didn't take long for someone in the Windows development or partner community to leak the very first versions of Windows 11, which happened to coincide with Microsoft's announcement of its next iteration of its flagship operating system. Can you say media stunt? I installed it, ran it, and so far it looks and feels like Windows 10, except the, the they shamelessly ripped off the Mac OS dock, and now all your applications and your start menu appear at the bottom of your screen that's centered just like the, the Mac dock. During the pandemic, I switched my primary computer from my aging MacBook Air to my much more powerful Windows gaming laptop, so I'm, I'm pretty well versed with, with both platforms, and you know, I still record and edit this podcast on a Mac, so I, I, I've used both. i can appreciate both. What are your biggest wants and asks for Windows 11? And what's something you dislike the most about Windows? 
Well, bef before we get into that, you know, the one thing I got to say, you know, that that whole millennial argument about how old you are based on where you part your hair. I think that's the same kind of thing for that for the doc. Right. If you're old school, you're on the left. But if you're younger, you're in the center. And, you know, Windows is trying to be a little bit more like Mac there, I think. It's trying to be like that mean girls, you know, stop trying to make this thing happen. It's never going to happen. <laughs> right. So it's been like a hot minute since I actually even used Windows. I, I want to say that it was actually probably 2011 when I turned in my laptop. When I was switching companies, that was the, actually the last time I had a Windows PC. So, I, you know, I don't know much about it. Like, did they even still have a start button? Like, Yeah, they do. Yeah. Does it still play that god-awful sound when you log in? Like little things, but... <laughs> so the so the YouTube uh, video that I watched, they actually changed the sound finally on the login, and that made the Wall Street Journal, um, you know, their video of their review about the sound change, which I thought was really funny. Oh, that's hilarious! Yeah, just that one change alone was newsworthy. <laughs> <laughs> the the dock and the and the logon sound. <laughs> I you know yeah. just, let's just bring back Windows ninety five. I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I see a list here. Are these all the things that you are in, in, in favor of, Chris? Or are you just pointing out a couple things here? Yeah, I, I compiled some thoughts and on, on this. And, you know, from an information security standpoint, just purely from looking at it from, from our lens, uh, my favorite thing about Windows 11 so far is that Internet Exploder is finally disabled by default. They're moving to Edge. They're moving to a modern framework that's not going to have, you know, 20 critical vulnerabilities every month. So IE is finally gone in Windows 11. So that's, that's something I'm really looking forward to. And Edge is based on Chromium, isn't it? The new one is yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, they tried to roll their own and it failed miserably. And they're like, all right, let's trust the experts that have been doing this for the last however long that built a great platform and they finally switched to Chromium. Nice. I see here you said that it, you know Windows 11 finally supports DOH. And that, that kind of like raises an eyebrow to me, right? Because when you, when you think about from a end user's privacy, like that's what we're about, right? I want to be able to have like peace of mind knowing that prying eyes can't get in there. But there's, a, there's two problems with this. Number one, from an enterprise security like DOH, like that, that kind of hinders some visibility, right? If, it, if it's been implemented correctly. So there's that. And then if you were to go that route, then that's like you're almost kind of putting trust into Microsoft, the kind of same trust you put into Apple, like you're going to do this stuff correctly. And I don't know that I, I feel like they have their ducks in a row yet. I mean, I seen some like crazy statistics uh, recently on endpoint adoption. Um, and I won't talk about the, the endpoint client, but like overall of like, you know, let's say 10 million devices, <clears throat> 20 million devices, 95% of them are still on windows. And the other 5% are a mix of other various OSs. I mean, they're, it's still the, 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 the largest target by, by a, a magnitude, right? Don't you guys agree or no? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely agree. And Windows, thankfully, Windows is outsourcing their DOH. So DOH is DNS over HTTPS. They're outsourcing that support to companies like Cloudflare, um, IBM, and Google. So if you point to one of their resolvers, you can turn DOH on now, and they now officially support it natively. Because I think previously you had to have Firefox, and you had to turn it on, if I'm if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so Kristen, you know, you listed this as one of the things of of your wants and asks. What do you like about um, DOH? The thing I like the most about DOH is the the privacy aspect of it. That when 
I, it was probably maybe four years ago by now. There was this, I don't know if you call it a bombshell, but there's there's a pretty eye-opening report that your ISP was selling your browsing data to third-party advertisers, which bugs me because, number one, nobody, and I, I really mean that, nobody likes their ISP. There's nobody that says, I love Comcast. There's no one that says, I love you know Verizon or whoever your ISP is. So first of all, people don't like them to begin with. Now they're jacking up your bill, you know, 20 bucks every every year, and there's no competition whatsoever. And on top of that, they're selling your browsing data to advertisers. So I think improved privacy, I really like that aspect of it. Now, from an enterprise security perspective, there's some considerations to implement that correctly. But definitely on the consumer side, I really like the privacy aspect of it, that my ISP can't see where I'm going, and that's the way it should be. Well, I mean, isn't isn't Google and Amazon doing the same thing anyway? I mean, they're selling your browsing data anyway. Yeah, that's it's one less place to sell it, and then well, that's if you, true. yeah, if you use uh, DuckDuckGo, if you use the Brave browser, there's there's steps that you can you can take to control that. The ISP one was probably one of the the least users have control over. So a DOH right. or some type of VPN or security proxy, uh, you could hide that data from your ISP. Um, I'm smelling some topics for later episodes, aren't I? <laughs> maybe, maybe. You know, from a from a DOH perspective, for the for the listeners that don't really understand what that really means and the, the privacy that we talk about. So, in this implementation, like let's say that Windows is using Cloudflare, and you want to go out to like ChrisLouis.net or BrianDeach.com or whatever Chris's website is, and you want to hide that from your ISP. What they would actually see is that your house made a request for the Cloudflare, Cloudflare's um, resolver, whatever the name it is. For, for, for Google, it's dns.google.com. And all of your traffic is going to be kind of like stuffed into that. And so from, from prying eyes perspective, they're not going to see anything other than dns.google.com or Cloudflare. But the actual FQDN or the, the stuff that you would find in SNI, like for, for SSL and TLS, that header information is completely hidden uh, from those downstream devices. So that's nice. So like, it's hard to advertise, um, you know, you know, targeted advertisement or my browsing history. If you, the only thing that you see that, that I'm going out to is Cloudflare or, you know, some other miscellaneous uh, DNS over HTTPS website or service, excuse me. That, am I, am I clear? Did I miss anything, boys? No, you're yeah, good. I think, I, I, that's, yeah. that's the way I understand it. Yeah. Oh, by the way, in Wireshark, and I, in like you, you don't even need to have like a semi-recent version of Wireshark, but apparently there's actually a DOH filter uh, built right into it. I had no idea that that existed until I did some of my homework on there. And uh, my last thought on this, on DOH, and this is completely deviating from from Windows 11, but um, do you, would you put any more trust into Starlink than you would over Comcast, or do we hate everyone equal at this this point in time? I would say Starlink has my trust until they don't. And that would actually be true of like, you know, Comcast or CenturyLink or, or whoever. They would have my trust until they don't. You know, when this report came out and says, yeah, they're they're selling your data, like that's that's when they lose my trust. Like they they already don't have favor with me because of their practices. They're they're pretty monopolistic and they jack up my bill every year and I have to call and complain every year. But for, for <laughs> they really lose the trust when they start selling your data and try to profit off that. What do you think, Chris? 
Yeah, I mean, I've I've always I've been in my current house for the last eight years. I was ecstatic to get Verizon FiOS, and you know, so far they've done really they've done good by me. Um, I you know I've got a gig service, and I get close to that, um, so I'm pretty happy about that. Um, but you know the, the 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 neighborhood Facebook pages where I live, there's people that complain about Verizon. They compl- they complain about them all. Um, you know, knock on wood, I've been pretty lucky with my ISP. Fun fact on on Starlink, I, I signed up for it, and then it says, "Hey, congratulations, you're eligible. Do you want it?" And I was like, eh, "You know, five hundred dollars in equipment. I guess not. Maybe I, like I have I have reliable internet here in Gilbert. Uh, turns out." I probably should have bought it. It is now eighteen months out uh, waiting list to be able to get it. So oh, I wow. had it. I had it in my, in my fingertips, and I let it all go. Mm. What do you guys hate most about Windows? And for, for me, it's it's Cortana. Their search assistant. That's their version of Siri or the Clippy. A word that Amazon uses. That I I won't say because it'll activate everyone's devices. But yeah, yeah, Cortana definitely fits that that Mean Girls meme of, you know, stop trying to make this a thing. It's never going to be a thing. I don't want a digital assistant on my Windows machine. And yeah, bring bring back Clippy. Do you use the digital assistant on your Mac, Chris? No, no, I actually don't. I I don't know when it would actually be actually useful. I think I, I find it easier to, you know, hit command space, type in the app I'm looking for, than say you know, the trigger word and they say, open this app. Like I, I haven't yeah, found a good use for it yet, but if I'm somebody has a suggestion, way. yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I'm willing I to mean, use voice, it. voice activation on my, on my phone, on my iPad, on my watch. I use it all the time. I see this Siri thing on my, on my MacBook, and I'm just like, I don't see a need for this. I'm a, I'm a keystroke guy. So command space all the way, baby. So I have home kit. So I, I will actively go in there and be like, you know, change the temp to 72 open the garage, like weird things like that, lock the doors. So I use it on, on, on the, the, on the MacBook for sure. Oh, interesting. See, I'll just, I'll just tell my phone to change the temp and all that kind of stuff. I never do it on my Mac. I keep the, uh, the phone like kind of, uh, away from me on the charger when I'm working. So I think it's just one of those, this necessity thing I could have done it like right from my watch though at the same time, but yeah, it's true. Yeah. But First world what else? problems. Uh, the only thing I hate about Windows is I feel like I have to w- run an AV. I don't think there's no if ands, or buts about it. Although, again, I, I haven't used Windows in forever, like a decade. <laughs> you know, my, my wife is still a Windows person, and we with the pandemic, she was working from home all the time now instead of in the office. We always, you know, we always minimized whatever laptop she had at, at home because she never worked from home, so it was never really a big deal. And when she started to work from home, we got her a new Dell and, you know, the the drivers and all of that kind of stuff that you got to mess with is always such a pain in the ass, uh, but sorry. <laughs> uh, but we do have to, um, I do have to give Dell some credit. Um, we had some issues with the sound card, called them right up. They walked me through a couple of things and fixed it in a matter of like 10 minutes. So if you've, if you've got good hardware support, I think it all works out in the end. Ew, you had problems with your sound like i can't even fathom that kind of issue i know know. she'd she'd walk into my office and she'd be like i can't get the zoom through the speakers and i'm just like all right i'll call over the weekend (laughs) you know and it and it fixed they they really they knew exactly what to do so like i said kudos to dell for you know knowing their product now everyone knows i'm uh, an apple fanboy i'm not really i just you know it's convenience guys 
Uh, I'm an Apple fanboy. I'll 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 wear it proudly. Yeah, I think I've said it many times on here. I'm definitely trapped in their ecosystem. Yeah, well, you know that's what one of the things the one of the videos that I watched was an interview with um, the CEO Nadella, um, and he was talking about he wants to be the open platform, right? Um, you know, he doesn't want to trap anybody into the Windows ecosystem the way Google and Apple has, and that's one of the things that they're supposedly. Um, you know, kind of opening up and building with Windows 11. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Not like I'll change. Um, I am still trapped in the ecosystem, but it's good to know there might be some options. Alternatives are good. Now, on the topic of Apple, uh, our, that leads right into our next story. Apple is so concerned about leaks that they are considering requiring some of their key employees to wear body cams to prevent leaks. Now, these are Body cams similar to what law enforcement officers wear here in the U.S., and that basically records their life 24 by 7. So if there's an incident, they can go back, they can replay the footage, and just, you know, forget the cyber attacks against their suppliers like Quanta. You know, Apple is going to record the lives of its key employees to stop someone from knowing when the new device comes out or knowing when the feature comes out. And I think Apple, really, more than any other brand out there, is really not only prone to leaks, but the media is just chomping at the bit for any kind of leaks they can get. Maybe Tesla might be one of the other few companies out there that's that's this prone to, to leaks. But Apple says, we're, we're drawing a line in the sand. We're taking drastic measures. And, you know, to me personally, I think it's a little bit creepy. I don't know if I would love my job that much that I would allow somebody to record my life 24 by 7. Uh, so that's just me and... Seems seems a little creepy to me. Well, I gotta I gotta tell you, after uh, what is it, fifteen, sixteen months of working from home um, and being on Zooms, it might as well be a body cam because I am on camera all day. <laughs> I haven't done my hair this much in years. So I I I think Apple has a real problem. I'm not against this whatsoever. I I can't remember the last time. Uh, their developer conference or any product announcement where they came out with something I didn't already know before the actual announcement. Like there were speculations and they always kind of hit the nail on the head. Um, there was a company, I, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, they, they no longer exist and there's a reason why. So um, there was a water treatment, not even a water treatment plant. It was They made solar panels by my house. Uh, it was first solar. They went out of business or something happened, went bankrupt. Um, so Apple bought this huge, like a billion square foot of uh, a, a manufacturing facility. Um, it, I think it was like called the like AG or GT Technologies or something like that. They moved this company in there to produce the Gorilla Glass uh, for all their phones in the United States, right? And uh, so all the and everybody that came into this place had to sign a non-disclosure, like you will get fired. Apple made them sign these things, and uh, you you. And threatened everyone, right? Like it was just crazy, and so no one knew, but we all kind of knew it was Apple and something was going on there. Uh, lo and behold, uh, these idiots that were working there, um, and I, and I, so I was at the cobblestone gas station getting an oil change, and these guys were coming in, and they were trying to flex on the girl, like, "Hey, uh, you know, I work for Apple, right? Like, I know what the iPhone <laughs> six is going to look like. It's going to look like this, like this." I'm like, "Dude, like, how dumb can you be?" Uh, sure enough, uh, you know, Apple found out some way about this or figured out what was going on one way or the other. 
and uh, sued them out of existence, and they're they're no longer around. And and now it's just a, it's an Apple data center that is over here. That is uh, coincidentally a hundred percent solar, and then they uh, they do some other crazy stuff with with fuel and, and and working with the local electric company when they overproduce and do different things. So it's kind of cool. I, you know, when I think about Apple and, and impersonating, I go to, there's an episode of Big Bang Theory um, where Leonard Hofstetter was a little bit depressed and he was trying to uh, pick up women. So he gets one of the Apple Genius shirts and he ends up in mall jail. Um, <laughs> I think that's kind of the same thing. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, my, my wife works in graphic design and one of her former employers, they did have a contract with, with Apple and the links that they have to go through to even just work with Apple. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like they require, you know, separate physical space. They require, you know, a, a dedicated key card so only, you know, these specific employees can go into that space. And they said, you know, if somebody isn't working on this project, they're not even allowed near this space. Like there's just so many precautions that they take to prevent leaks. And this was probably like 10 years ago. So you can think before camera phones, before all these spy cams and, and all that stuff that, that came out, they were still taking these precautions and they still can't stop the leaks. So it's, I guess this is, this is it. They're like, this is the line in the sand. We, we got to do it. We got to stop these leaks. On, on an interesting note on that, um, have you guys ever plugged like a USB lightning cable into a device and it says it's not certified? You, you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, do you guys understand the technology behind there, how Apple can recognize if it's certified or not? Not at all. It's like they sell <laughs> a chip or something, right? They, they have to install a chip in the cable? I don't know if it's a chip or not, but it, there's PKI involved. So I have a, uh, whatever. I'm not going to say who, what, where, but uh, he his primary responsibility in life uh, for what he does is the PKI management. And so these companies are going to come aboard to resell their own, like, you know, lightning cable. They have to work with this, this particular company and they're given, um, you know, the ability, like their own cert, basically their own certificates. They're signed by Apple so they can be used with that device. And then we, uh, I sent I, Chris uh, Hubert, I didn't actually send you this, but <clears throat> I sent it to Chris uh, Louis earlier this week. There is this guy it's called, I think it's o.mg.lol. Uh, and he created uh, like these microchips that he was embedding into um, uh, like Apple devices, Apple um, cables that could mm -hmm. work as a key logger, remote assistance, built in Wi Fi. And he got this thing to work on a lightning cable, which makes me think like through the iterations of, of time, like where we had the, the wide. USB cable did was was it really that we didn't want that or was it they needed to make it smaller and smaller to keep third parties from introducing some type of you know malicious hardware in there but if you've looked at like a like either a USB C or a lightning cable like how on earth could you write like to insert something into that cable that small that can that is so like they could work in that that breadth right the key logging remote access the the Wi-Fi built into that son of a gun and working up to like a quarter mile away, like it's insane to me, like how like ingenious some people are. That's a lot Moore's of law. <laughs> and that's the stuff we know about. Just think of the stuff we yeah. don't know about, like the NSA makes like during the Snowden leaks and they they had he, he basically leaked like the NSA catalog of some of their spying capabilities. I mean it's it's great. You think that's impressive, you should see what the NSA has. I mean, the birds aren't real. They're all, it's all 5G. 
So, so Chris, have you noticed um, any of the stories about the body cams? Like, what are they going to do with the footage? Are they going to do some sort of AI or machine learning to see who people are interacting with? Like, what what's the point of the camera? Do you know? I don't know yet. I think the news reporting right now is saying it's it's something they're they're highly considering. It might be like how law enforcement operates here when they wear the body cams. Is you know, if they'll they'll keep the footage archived and if there's an incident they can go back and pull it but i don't know if they're going to actively go out and and figure out or or watch the video unless there's some type of incident so like let's say the new macbook pro specs get leaked then they'll they'll say well who was involved with that project let's let's review the footage and i don't know if it's a a human sitting there watching minute by minute or if it's going to be run through an algorithm and use use that data center by brian to to crunch that that data or not but i think it's probably going to be more of a detective control or mm. investigative control, you know, after the fact, after a leak, but if nothing yeah, leaks, more forensics, then, it sounds yeah, like, yeah, exactly. That That's a job I don't want. Like there, there was a time where we, we put up some cameras around the house and I like, I'll, I'll be notified. There was movement at X hours. And so I'm like, all right, I want to go look at it. And it's just like to sit there and watch like, like, Oh, the tree was moving. Like, thank God. Like, uh-uh, like that is, I don't, I don't know who you can pay. Like you couldn't pay me enough money to do that let alone a minimum wage employee. I don't know. Maybe I'm just different. Yeah, no, I, I look, I'm with you, man. I, I, um, I got a, you know, one of the doorbell camera things and I actually had to move my American flag because anytime it blew in front of my house, it would set off the camera. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. I just need to move this thing. <laughs> All right. On to our next topic. Owners of Western digital, my book, NAS devices, these are network attached storage devices, basically a hard drive that you plug into your network, uh, they are having a really bad day. The House of Pain! A previously unknown zero day, which was introduced to these uh, devices, allowed an unauthenticated attacker the ability to remotely reset the drive back to factory settings and erase all the data. So this is some attacker sitting in a basement somewhere just for the lulls, going out there and wiping people's data. Now, I used to work at a company where we sold storage, and data loss was always a hot topic. And we came up with a saying, basically, at at the company that said, data you do not have at least two copies of is data you do not care about. Very well said. I have at least two copies of everything, I think. I think. (laughs) So, so Chris, were they... I don't know how the technology works, but is, does the does the NAS reach back up to the cloud and they, they kind of meet in the middle and that's how it's managed? Or is somebody poking a hole through their router at the house and they're coming in through that just by scanning? It's it's the former. These MyBook devices are marketed as plug and play. You know, you plug it into your router and then you can access your data from, from anywhere. And that's, that's what they're marketed as. And there was a vulnerability that allowed the reset function without any authentication, which was... A terrible idea. I don't know how it got past code review, but yeah, a lot of people are very upset that their petabytes of data are, are now just vanished into thin air. My wife would kill me. And it, so when you see this, like when it comes to my data, my banking and all that, I, I have multi-factor authentication everywhere I can. And you see this is like, well, all that for nothing, man. Like it was unauthenticated attack that just blew it out. Uh, one thing I will tell you, uh, and I, I would encourage our listeners as well, is that we used to do some storage of, of pictures uh, into Google Drive. And what I have noticed is that some of the pictures or larger files 
that go back to like a maybe 2007 maybe 2007 ish they don't they don't open anymore they're just gone they just can't like can't you download it it's just it's corrupt and i thought oh you know i think is it just because it's been there for so long am i hitting a bad part in the array in google i have no idea but that's kind of an interesting thing and so now i'm constantly on my my home nas i'm going back to the older photos opening them up and seeing if i still have the ability to do it to retrieve that stuff whatever the, the files but the pictures and videos are those are the the hardcore memories i'm going to keep uh, that's really interesting i um i uh, i think it was like 2010 2011 like i lost all my photos before that and it just it hurts doesn't it <laughs> just to oh, lose yeah. all those photos and it was it was human error i admit it but man did that suck yeah and I'll, I'll give a hint on what my backup strategy is and i i suspect you know you my fellow co-hosts are, are pretty similar but um, i have an agent on my laptop and that copies the files to my nas it's a local nas and then that backs them up to uh, cloud storage in real time and you know, I think the strategy probably would have worked against this attack on the, the MyBook uh, devices because if they wipe my local hard drive, I have a, a copy up in, in the cloud. But, you know, I also keep my NAS device behind the NAT router and firewall and remote access requires unique passwords and, and MFA. But I see the problem comes when you introduce something like ransomware where the files are encrypted on your laptop. Those encrypted files overwrite the good files on your NAS and then the, the encrypted files on your NAS overwrite the good copies uh, in the cloud. So I think I need someone with versioning in case something like this happens to me. But, you know, I'm not really too afraid of ransomware because my network's protected by the best cloud security software money can buy. But it does protect against things like physical theft. And, you know, I had a coworker who went on vacation and his house got robbed, unfortunately. And this isn't Brian when he went on, on vacation. The robber stole his NAS device, which had irreplaceable irreplaceable photos of his kids growing up and he did not have a backup in the cloud unfortunately so it protects against things like physical theft but but not like ransomware all right so so you're telling the early part of that story and i'm thinking wow nas and cloud that's like belt suspenders and duct tape right <laughs> yeah. um i was not thinking about theft and now i'm also thinking fire so uh maybe i think i uh, should get some cloud backup to my nas backup yeah, it's cloud backup, or if you if you buy two NAS devices, so Synology has a thing where you can back up to another Synology. You could have it set up at a remote site, do it at your your parents' house, your kids' house, your some other remote location that you trust. I don't think work would like you to do that, but you could also do that, do some type of site to site replication there. Yeah, that's a good call. I uh, I think I know what I'm doing for the three day weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so so back in the day, and not even that not that far back. Um, I was doing some some research on uh, Zeus. Uh, it's like a form of malware. It does like man in the browser yeah. and whatnot. The banking Trojan. Yeah, banking Trojan type of stuff. Um, uh, <laughs> I have a story about that. We won't get into like how this amazing that, that malware really is. Um, anyways, I was doing my homework on it. Very similar setup to you, Chris. Uh, I, had, uh, backed, I was backing up stuff to my local ISP. Uh, which is Cox that I had like, you know, in, like storage. And it was like, you know, at the time it was like one gig was plenty. Um, lo and behold, that file gets backed up. And then I receive a, a, a nasty email from my ISP saying, hey, you're not allowed to like host like, you know, bad software up here. We went ahead and, <laughs> and just removed 
literally everything. Like it was just all gone. All, my entire backup, all the stuff was just remote, like just just wiped. And I thought to myself, well, you guys suck. Thank God I had a copy here. But, <laughs> but it was also like uh, the, the time between like when it happened versus the time that I received the letter in the mail. It was like night and day. I just had no idea. So then, you, and then it comes down to like, well, now I need to have checks and balances. And that's when I found out that you, you can lose images um, on older storage thing. I don't know. It's just kind of weird. It's not enough to have a backup. You have to practice restoring from backup. And that's where a lot of companies get into trouble. Like when the ransomware hits, it's like, oh, yeah, we got backups. And then they, they go back and the backup's corrupted or the backup got encrypted. And like, oh, no, like we thought we had a backup strategy, but we really don't. Yeah, I, you know, I started my career working in uh, in continuity of business for a major financial. So um, I'm always thinking DR, but uh I, I apparently, <laughs> apparently a not, <laughs> not fire or theft. So I will, I will correct that as soon as possible. Do you guys remember Novell Networks by chance? Uh huh. Yeah, they had, and I, I came across this on accident one day, but they had uh, this incredible uh, volume shadowing type of stuff. So like, as you create a file, it would version it from day one. And if there was 99 different things like you roll back to any of them, this is a regular user. Just click on the file and you can just roll. I just remember thinking as a network administrator, I'm like, my God, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And I found it by accident. Right. And then I was the, I was the hero at this machining company. We lost this file. Someone, you know, whatever. I'm like, yeah, I got you. Give me an hour. Right. And let me go over here and play some video games and get back to you. <laughs> Windows will That's... actually do that natively. But the first thing ransomware does when it infects the machine is delete all the shadow copies. Hmm. Yeah, so that's Microsoft calls it. I don't think that Microsoft had it back in the day, but and I think I was referring to it by the Microsoft name because volume, volume shadow copy service or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was another thing I set up when we got my wife's new laptop is the the file versioning history in Windows. Uh, not quite as easy as as you know Time Machine and Apple, but it was a heck of a lot easier than I recall from like Windows Seven or whatever. Yeah, definitely. They've come a long way, and hopefully in Windows 11, they'll make it even harder to turn it off and delete the shadow copies as some type of ransomware protection. Check us out making full circle back to the previous topics. <laughs> Look at that. We're nice like professionals. <laughs> All right, on to our last topic, and this is going to be a rotating topic every week. And this week's segment is, what is your latest gadget you bought and are proud of? I think last week we talked about Amazon's Prime Day and we talked about two new things you never use. And uh, these are things that we actually will use. So on Prime Day, I bought a green screen and I plan to use it for uh, for things like Zoom calls and streaming and uh, making really up leveling my presentation game. So I'm actually pretty happy uh, about the, the green screen. Now, the downside is the green screen is gigantic and it's still not big enough because I think my webcams it's too wide angle, so I have to be really butted up against it and really close to the webcam, and the green screen has to be close to me, so I'll, I'll have to play around with it a, a little bit, but so far, I really like what I see so far. Well, part of the fun in new toys is playing with it and getting it all configured correctly. That is true. That is very true. We'll have to chat offline, because uh, you could do some stuff and trim the fat around the green screen uh, in OBS, like when you want to do your actual presentations or if you're going to record a video. We can do it without having that thing slammed right up against your back. Essentially cropping, right. but yeah. Sounds good. 
trim the fat. I thought you were talking about me and my COVID weight or something. I'm, <laughs> I would never do that, Chris. I, I appreciate that. All right. So for me, guys, uh, you know, I, I told you guys last week about a couple of things. But the one thing that I bought uh, that was not on Prime Day, it was a Philips Hue HDMI sync box. And so uh, long story short, you can buy these things where you put a camera like that kind of monitors the front of the, the TV. And then as you're watching a movie and there's an explosion that's red in the corner and green over here, it, it just emerges, uh, it puts the light behind the thing and just kind of increases the overall uh, you know, viewing experience. Uh, not cheap. I think it was like 260 bucks. But uh, holy crap, it's cool. And especially uh, in a very dark room. Like if you guys know, I think one of the first movies we watched was uh, you know, like Iron Man 3 or something. It was, no, it, was, it wasn't that. It was uh, Endgame. Watching Endgame on that was like, it was a kind of a different experience altogether. And then it also, uh, I think there's a setting in there that if there's like an explosion, then the lights kind of flicker as well. I haven't figured that one out yet, but I was just happy to have uh-huh. it up in the morning. That's well, incredible. Have, have the fun figuring out how to use it. Like, where did, where did they come up with this stuff? I mean, never was I sitting in my living room going, I wish there was a halo of light around my TV. But <laughs> now that you're talking about this, I think I have to have it. You do. And <laughs> it's only a matter, like, how come I can't just go out and buy a TV that has it? Because the, the, the Philips one is like, it's almost like a man in the middle, right? It, it intercepts the HDMI signal so it knows, like, how to light it up on the back of the TV and all the good stuff. But the, the cheaper ones that are, like, 60 bucks, it literally has a camera that sits on top of it that you position, say, this is the top corner, bottom corner, blah, blah, blah. But it's a freaking camera in your house that, you know what I mean, that that just kind of weirds me out. This could be watching me, and I have no control over it. Um, but nonetheless, I, I just think it's only a matter of time before, we like, oh, we have to buy an AK TV, and, and by the way, you get the, the backlighting, and I'm sure Sony will call it, like, ultra-sexy lighting or something like that. Something, you know, <laughs> really sellable at the end of the day. But I love it. That's very, very cool. Very cool. Uh, I, I myself, I've got uh, two gadgets I'm going to talk about. One, um, I often fall victim to Instagram ads. I, I fully admit that there is a support group. Um, but on my Instagram feed, I saw an ad for neon signs and I went out and bought a Zscaler neon sign. Um, very cool. Um, highly recommend custom neon. Uh, the second thing is actually not tech related anyway, but I, as I said, when I started this out, uh, I'm a dancing woodworker and I bought a woodworking toy. I bought a really cool drill press, drill press fence. Um, very, uh, accurate collects the sawdust. Uh, you know, that's, that's kind of where I spend most of my time when I'm not sitting in front of my computer. So that's what I went with recently. So you have a like legit wood press, like this old shop, like Bob Vila type of feel going on but it is amazing like you have all the toys in there i do i i i do and and it's not a recent purchase so i didn't talk about it but if we're talking about tech the coolest thing is my table saw my table saw it's called saw stop um it has a break inside the saw and it has flesh detecting um technology so if you touch the saw blade it actually grabs the blade into a, an aluminum break and pulls the um, blade into the saw. It is literally impossible to cut yourself with a running table saw. I- incredible. I, I strongly recommend, just for curiosity's sake, go watch the videos of this guy putting his hand or a, or a hot dog into the saw blade. And it just 
it shuts the saw off immediately. I've seen the hot dog, but I've never seen anyone do it with their hand yet. So I'm going to go watch that. There, the the founder, um, he did an, an ultra high speed video of himself, and it's it's incredible. He just kind of slaps his hand right down on the blade. That is true belief in your technology. That reminds me of a viral video. I think it was a couple of years ago of a guy from Texas Armoring Corp. They make armored cars and the owner and CEO of this company sat behind a bulletproof windshield and had a guy shoot at him with an AK. And like, that's, that's literally standing behind your product and really impressive to me. Oh, that that's, that's making my stomach do weird things. Just listening to you talk about it. <laughs> well, this is where this stuff can go sideways, right? So my, my wife has a, a Tesla and, and I've been driving it a lot lately and uh, the other day, I uh, was not driving the Tesla. And for those of you that don't know it, like your your phone is your your key. You just put the car in park. You just walk away, and like magic happens, the car's secured, right? So the other day, I after like a, a straight week of driving this car, I, I went back to my truck, and I'm gonna go to the gym, and I grab my headphones, and I go in, and I do my workout, and I come out, and the truck's running, and the keys are still hanging out in there, <laughs> doors are unlocked, <laughs> like and like. It, this bad things can happen. Can you imagine the same thing? Like, check out this table saw. Then you go to your friend's house. Yeah, watch this. Oh god, I just lost my fingers. <laughs> so, so that your story went in a completely direction. I thought you were going to say you let go of the steering wheel on your truck and it wasn't auto driving for some reason. <laughs> no, no, I just almost made it available to be stolen. You know, no big deal. All right. Well, we continue to get great comments about our dad joke of the week. Dad joke of the week. This week, Chris is up. Okay, so my joke for uh, my joke for this week is um, really uh, kind of revealing um, one of the uh, universe's biggest lies. Can you guys think of what one of the what the universe's biggest lie is? Uh, the statement I have read and agree to the terms and conditions. <laughs> that is true. I think there's only one person out there that actually has done that. <laughs> I, you know, I did, I did hear of a story that um, some company, and I wish I could remember which company, but, you know, hid some code or something in their terms and conditions that if you actually read it and went to that URL, you got like, I don't know, a hundred bucks or something like that, you know, but I think that's an old wives tale. Yeah, I've heard that story too. So old wives tale or not, that, that definitely made its rounds around the internet. All right, to wrap things up. Windows 11 is released, and, well, I guess not officially released, Windows 11 is available for people, and we talk about what we like and don't like. Apple is taking data loss prevention to the extreme, requiring some key employees to wear body cams. Western digital customers are having a bad day because their data just got wiped out. And lastly, the hosts love gadgets. That's all we have for this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can find us all on LinkedIn. Links will be in the description. And just so you know, by listening to this podcast, you are 20% less likely to lose a finger in a firework accident this week. If you know or anyone a table else, saw. Or a table <laughs> saw. <laughs> if you know anyone else who would like a 20% less chance of losing a finger via firework or table saw, please share this podcast with them. The best way to find us is to search for the PebCat Podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and Stitcher. For my co-hosts, Brian Deach and Chris Hubert, I'm Chris Louie. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next week. And as always, have a nice day. Later, boys. Bye-bye. <laughs>